Hey, 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 what is going on, y'all, Jets and Giants Nation? Welcome to the Blue versus Green show. I am your horse, host, I'm your hoist, I'm your host, your horse, your, your horse, your hoist, I'm your host, Jose, and I am joined today by Gabe. Say what's up, Gabe. What up, what up, what up? What is going on, y'all? What's up, Blue versus Green fans? Welcome to the show. Before we get started, uh, thanks, y'all, for joining us, and before we get to everything, if you get a chance, please hit the uh, like, rate, share, and subscribe. If y'all are enjoying this show, please give us some love and uh, let us know that you're enjoying this for the rest of our fans out there. And let's get right into it. Uh, let's start today with the New York Jets and uh, the visiting Atlanta Falcons. The Jets played a, a fucking fantastic game today. Uh <laughs> I don't know if that's the uh, thoughts on that game real quick, if if you don't mind. So, so I don't know. I mean, I I came into the game with some high hopes, but at the same time with uh, uh, not a lot of expectations. Um, The, uh, you know, I thought, I thought the first half was decent. Um, uh, You know, considering certain things, I, I, I know, you know, considering the situation that the Jets are in with their specifically with their QB position, as well as just their offense in general, their offensive play, their offensive, you know, executors, as well as um, offensive coordinator and stuff. So um, all things considered, I thought it was okay. I thought that it was a good half to build on, considering that you guys were getting the ball in the second half. However, I thought the second half was bad. It was terrible. Um, it was uh, there was nothing there to look at, honestly. The uh, second half, there was no reason to keep watching. But I'm sure that we all did as the uh, glutton for punishment that we are. And and the ugliest part of the game to me, it was just the officiating, to be honest. Um, I, I thought that there was a lot that is, that was ugly in due part because of the Jets. But we're kind of used to that already, and we're even used to the officiating. But, man, like when, you, when you're looking for anything to keep it to, to get you going, having the officiating suck the entire game out of you, just like it, it, I, I, I don't know how I would even feel playing for the Jets right now. I would just be like, "Why am I here?" So that's that's how I feel about the game. Um, it's uh, nothing, nothing good to look at. Truly, uh, very little to take away. So it's basically as a takeaway for you for for the Jets and for the fans. It's for the fans. Why am I watching this? And for the players, it's why am I here? That's the yeah, that's a yeah. Great what am I doing here? for the season you know I mean? so far? Yeah. yeah man i mean it was it was kind of flashes of some of some nice things in the first half got a couple of uh decent throws out of tim boyle or at least uh some good playmaking by garrett wilson by xavier gibson who is somebody who i think is one of the the highlights of today's game xavier gibson played uh, uh i think a fantastic game for his level and for the rookie that he is um and the defense did what the defense does week in and week out. Just made everybody look foolish and, you know, even stopped uh, the the great B. John Robinson, who talked about being a, a, a really aggressive, tough, you know, he's a nice guy off the field, but he's a tough guy when he gets on the field. He wants to smash the guy on the other end or destroy the guy on the other end, what he was talking about earlier. And, it, you know, like other than that, the QB play was not good after like a few flashes in the first half. We saw a little Trevor Simeon in the fourth quarter. And like you said, that that officiating 
really, really ugly. But I think one of the things that I want to talk about a little bit later when we get to this is, is like, I don't know what the Jets are going to do with this safety play, especially like the play of Jordan Whitehead. Like, it seems like every time somebody scores a touchdown, especially a tight end, it's Jordan Whitehead is involved in, a, in some busted coverage, somebody getting over top of him or something like that. But, you know, as far as takeaways, like, yeah, like you said, you can always talk about it, but there's very little that you really want to grab onto and say, like, here's something great about this game. So, right, right, right. So, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do we say? Do, you know, do you want to start at, at the, you know, essentially at the defense? The biggest, the biggest task that uh, the Jets had this week was being able to stop B. John Robinson, right? So, um, what do you think? How do you think they did? You know, just well, the Jets did just fine on defense this week, right? I mean, like I mentioned that kind of a moment ago, like the defense did really well against B. John Robinson, who's like one of the standout young running backs in the league, one of the maybe like rookie of the year, like offensive candidates. Uh, I think he missed a couple of games, if I'm not mistaken, but like he's been playing really well and he's one of the players that they rely on here in Atlanta. I actually saw him play uh, the Vikings a couple of weeks ago. Um, right. And I think in, in the final score, he had 18 rushes for 53 yards, which is a 2.9 average. So the defense did its job there. Like they did what they were supposed to do. I mean, the Falcons scored 13 points. It's not an explosive offense. It's one of the like more bottom of the league off bottom of the barrel offenses in the league, mm -hmm. but the run game did a fantastic job. And, you know, Algier didn't really get, get much going. And Cordero Patterson like had 11 yards on five carries. So the run defense did a solid job and, Ritter only completed about 44% of his passes. So, like, obviously the past yeah. did a good job, yeah. I think, today as well. You know, it's funny because I thought that the uh, – I was going to come in here and say that I thought that the uh, the defense did they, – they, they, they did their job in focusing on um, on Bijan Robinson, but then that focus took away from uh, being able to, like, focus on the rest because I thought in the game, in real time, it looked like Desmond Ritter was looking like a decent quarterback. You know, making some big plays, some big throws, you know, scoring a touchdown on the road, something that they've not been able to do very much mm -hmm. or very well. Mm -hmm. Um, and and you know, Desmond Ritter looked like a competent quarterback. When I look at the stats, he definitely does does not, but he seemed like he was. And I think that he only seemed like he was because the comparison that we have on the field is the Jets. And that's a very, very big problem <laughs> when a bad quarterback looks like a good one in comparison to you and your offensive play. Um, you know, I, yeah, I was, I was ready to kind of blow the defense up just on the fact that they, that they, that they, he not stop it already. Jesus. She's starting already. She can't, she yeah, can't already. hear she, any of this she, shit. Cause of how she doesn't want to do this anymore. She's like, what are we doing this for? But She's anyway, another one that's given up. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, I was ready to blow them up. You know, I thought that, uh, like I said, I thought that the, uh, they made they did their assignment on Bijan and then forgot the assignments on every everything else. Mm -hmm. But no, like looking at the stats, you know, that's terrible. 12 for 27, 121 yards, one touchdown. Uh, their best rusher only got 53 yards. You know, uh, it looked like they did their jobs, just that the Jets offense, once again, anemic, did not do theirs. Yeah, they don't look like a competent NFL offense on the other side of the field. And you know, you can get to that in a minute, but like Desmond Ritter, I think like I think the illusion was that the throws that he were he was making were really solid throws and you know into like you know the holes in zone coverages and like hitting a man with just a little bit of separation on the man's right. man defenses, and then you know that touchdown that 
was right over top of uh, a sleeping Jordan Whitehead. Like all that's going to make uh, a average quarterback, like you said, the offense on the other side and just making enough throws and being a basic ass game manager, which is the Falcons can get yeah. away with because yeah. you know, they're six and six. I think, uh, are they in first place? Yeah, I'm they're in first mistaken. place. And they actually, might... they're in sole possession of first place and guaranteeing yeah. themselves a, 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 a home playoff game. But that's kind, of, that's kind of what we talked about. Like, uh, yeah. you know, I think uh, either last week or earlier this week, we talked about who had more to play for in this game, uh, didn't we? Like, and the Falcons having a reason to play because they're in the playoff hunt. Well, they, they have you know, a you know, technically they have less of a reason to play. They're in the playoff hunt, but they were already so they're already in the playoff so far. They haven't clinched. But how bad the South is, the chances of them not being in the playoffs are very very slim. Um, you know, even with their bad play, because they got the Carolina Panthers and the Buccaneers, you know, down there and stuff. So, so they had something to play for, but they had way, way less to play for than the Jets, who had essentially another must-win game, the game of the season, essentially, because if they win this game, now there oh, is God. a playoff hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, we're all like waiting for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers says this week, you know, that it's still not guaranteed, but one of those factors is that the, the Jets have to still be in it, sort of. They don't have to be in the playoffs, but they just need to be in it. And for you guys to be in it, this was a must win game. Not winning this game essentially kind of shuts all that down. Yeah. You know, I, I don't I, see, I don't see how you can have we can go another week wondering if Aaron Rodgers is gonna play this season. Maybe he does play, but they're really, but but it's not going to be for a playoff spot. Well, I think in in some interviews recently, he made the stipulation that he, after like the all the bold talk and all the video of him on the field and all of him, you know, him making throws, like you know, planting on his back foot, he did make sure to make the correction, like he would only return if the Jets had something to play for, because I yeah. think. Everybody was already saying like this. This motherfucker must be crazy if he thinks he's gonna come back to like a, a four and ten Jets or a four and eleven Jets. I think. Well, I think by then we, if we lose the next couple of games, which is at this point looking increasingly likely, they'd be about four and ten. So, what exactly are you coming back to play for at that point? Hina agrees. She can't even listen to that kind of shit. Like yeah. who could who could even listen to that kind of nonsense? But I mean, I don't even know how the fans come back to, to, to watch, you know, to be honest. So I still got something to watch, which is the Giants. You, know? you do still have something and, to watch. And, and Tommy TD, I guess. But but man, these Jets, they really make they make Sunday afternoons hard. I'll be I honest. Mean, let's so. let's go. I nobody really nobody really wants to do this, but like let's get to the other side of the ball after like talking about the defense and like talking about Aaron Rodgers possibly returning. What did you see like out of this Jets offense, if anything at all today? You talked about the first half. Maybe you saw a little something. What was that? So, so this is this is going to be my take essentially on 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 not just the uh, the the offense, but essentially the coaching, mm-hmm. the coaching staff, and Salah, mm-hmm. and 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 call it a hot take. But I think that this game even more solidifies why I don't think that Salah is a good coach, mm-hmm. at least not a good head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that the first half felt decent. I thought that, you know, even though they didn't score a touchdown, they were in a really good opportunity, good chance to score a touchdown. Um, uh, Boyle, I, I I believe in that last play, it was like uh, like like third and 
They were they were essentially like third and 13, third and 14, something like that, you know, away from the in red zone. Um, and on that final play, the, the ball just slipped. I guess the ball was wet or whatever. He was complaining about it being wet um, or just like, you know, his hands being wet didn't dry. Maybe call that, like, you know, a, a, a bit of a, you know, mistake, rookie mistake, even though he's not a rookie um, on his part and making sure it's not dry. There was a really good opportunity, but that was preceded by a really good drive, a really nice drive by Boya. I liked how he threw the ball. Uh, I thought that um, in, in some of those plays, he floated the ball the right way. It wasn't – he made the balls relatively catchable. Now, that's going to come into play a little bit later when he made the ball really catchable for uh, the, the Falcons. Um, but that first half, I thought the play calling looked creative. It looked fun. It looked – like there was really good offensive synergy, and then in the second and 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 a lot of that was unfortunately taken away by um, the penalties that were called, which I really want to get into later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the second half, they kind of came out still a little bit anemic. I thought that some of the uh, the the plays were 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 was still looking okay, and then he threw the interception, which was obviously a really bad throw. I thought he you know he overshot Gary Wilson. Um, right into the hands of uh, I forget what the 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 cornerback was, but um, mm-hmm. essentially, uh, you know, he may not have read the defense properly. And one of the issues that I've complained about with Zach is that he 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 made it very obvious where he was going to go, and the defense defense saw that coming and prepared for the catch. You know, um, but this is where I wanted to talk a little bit about the coaching. I think. That it was a terrible move to take him out in the fourth quarter and put Simeon in. And the reason why is because if you were going to take him out, take him out at the half, you know, because mm-hmm. the offense is already kind of essentially um, caught up to the speed of the game with uh, Boyle. It's one interception, which was, you know, realistically, you know, his biggest mistake in the game. Maybe, yes, he missed some opportunities early on, but this was like, I think, the only mistake that Boyle made um missing opportunities making a mistake of two different things in my eyes and you take him out right away just to put in Simeon who hasn't played yet to try to win you the game it's a little bit too late to put him in and get him up to speed to the speed of the game get him gelled with the offense and what do we end up seeing with Simeon making a bunch of a bunch of mistakes himself causing some really bad sacks um which I think was just uh not having presence of mind um that really really bad fumble at the end that ended up costing you essentially the game uh it's just uh i don't know like i I thought that this was very very similar to taking out zach way too late in the season um i don't know why he took him out and i just thought that it was a really bad move and and it just shows in my opinion uh just um lack of confidence in 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 robert sala and his coaching ability in his real game time coaching building, when it takes when it when it, when it's when it's time to make a decision right here right now, mm-hmm. he he hesitates pulling the trigger and then pulls the trigger too late. So the, the my offense, opinion, my opinion, of course, the offense in the first half like had some moments where it was buzzing, like you said. I think um, the play calling was was okay. I think it was better. I think there were some moments like that that sort of fake. Uh, that Boyle got over to Gibson for about 30 yards. That was one of the the best catches that I've seen from a Jets receiver this season, honestly, because he made a fantastic adjustment, came back to it, grabbed it, fell you know fell down on his back, and made sure to secure it. Um, so the offense had some some things that were looking 
fairly solid with Tim Boyle. I think, again, even with some players coming back this week, the offensive line just really, really, really looks terrible. It doesn't give any quarterback much yeah, of a chance that, back there. Yeah, this offensive line is – I thought that the Giants was bad, and, and they still think that the Giants' offensive line is bad, but we at least have JMS and Andrew Thomas. So we have a couple guys that are just locked down, you know, players on our offensive line. On the Jets, I mean, Titman is the, like only, the only reliable, guys. you know, person on your offensive line. Outside Tip- of that, it just looks terrible. Tipman and then like Becton is a weird a weird example because he either is is solid or he's committing penalties and busting busting blocks all over the place for like one game and then doing well every other game and like the stats are very strange and when it comes to that this was not a good game for him but I mean the offense looked better in some ways in the first half timing wise in terms of taking out Trevor Simeon I mean I feel like at that point, at, at this point in the season, at this point in the game, it it might be an indictment on Sal's coaching, but it's it's sort of it's sort of an all hands on deck situation where it's like we have to win this game. We're down by five points. That was a, a really really bad interception. That was just like not knowing what the play was or something was was clearly. A mental mistake more than a throwing mistake on that one and i think that's why yeah, salah decided yeah. to make the the decision in that moment um but then but then let but me there's ask no you that option there's really no options like that that you have at quarterback there so it's but kind of a he made, it, it's, it's really his mistake though right because look what bill belichick did he didn't he didn't put um he didn't he didn't make um uh what's his name mac jones number three he made him number two why because if he has to make a quarterback switch he needs to put whoever has the most in-season experience right now in the middle of a game, right? So, like, if Zach was number two and he felt like, all right, I need to make some sort of a switch, let me put Zach back in there because he knows the offense, he knows the the, the play calling, and he's played this season, so he's ready to get hit. Trevor Simeon has not played at all. So even if he knew everything, he still does not – he's not ready to get hit, period. That's why pull him, put him in earlier so that he can kind of adjust himself to the to the, to the speed of the game. I thought it was a terrible decision, and he and essentially Salah hamstrung himself by putting Zach number three. Well, I mean the the other thing about the, like the in terms of the quarterback decision is that like Simeon actually coming into the game at that point until the the late fumble and the interception, which were really on the last two drives, he actually looked fairly solid. He made a good throw to Gibson. He actually he he was a little behind some wide receivers. Um, and then there was that, that again, that one sack fumble that was like a really bad one early on. But like the other, the other thing that you could say is that up until that interception, like Tim Boyle was actually looking, like you said, decent, not good, not great. Yeah. I mean, not good compared to even Ritter, who was only completing 45% of his passes on the other end of the field. But I think what, uh, what was it until that I mean, better, inter- better, better than interception, Ritter. better than Ritter Tim Boyle had 14 catches. Yeah, Boyle was Boyle had a fifty six percent. I mean, Boyle, uh, yeah, Boyle, had, yeah, yeah, fifty six percent. Yeah. So um, he was looking okay. I mean, I think again, like the problem with all of this is that when you don't have anybody that can really play quarterback, yeah. it doesn't really matter. And then, you know, going beyond that, right? I think I think 
Salah, you can say that there's bad coaching at play there, but I think to make it an indictment on him when there's not really many options for him in the first place is a little premature. But going beyond that, also you had the offense being hamstrung in the first half. Maybe it wouldn't have been as much so. And even a little bit in the second half there before he made the decision by the penalties that you were talking about in this game, the holding calls against DJ Reed and like other things that were, that looked to me a little bit out of control, especially when, and I'll let you get to it right now, but yeah. at the end of the game, they called that kind of what the, the announcers refer to as a ticky tack, or they didn't call that ticky tack kind yeah. of yeah. defensive uh, defensive pass interference on, I think it was the Jets at that point. Right. Um, I thought that that was maybe a makeup call, you know? I think mm-hmm. uh, they, yeah. they, they didn't call it because they're like, oh, well, they, did, they, they, they messed up a lot early on and they chose not to call mm-hmm. it, you know, mm-hmm. in order to kind of make it up. Um, but the, the reason I think before we get there, the reason I think that it is a little bit of an indictment on, on, on Salah, it's because in one way you've given me an example of like, all right, Zach Wilson has had what we consider or what, what some of us consider a really bad quarterback play, but he's stuck with him. He stays in there. He's, I'm not going to take you out. But then with, 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 with Boyle, it's like the first mistake that he makes, I'm taking you out, you know? And that to me is just like, like it almost feels like favoritism. Like if I have three kids and I favor one and they're like, all right, well, I'm being forced to give the other one a little bit. And then the moment they make a mistake, I'm like, all right, see now, now I'm taking you out and I'm going to go back to my favorite kid, except that he couldn't because Zach was the, the, the injury QB and such. I would not be surprised if next week we see Zach Wilson because Sal is going to point to, 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 to the mistakes and the play this week. When really, I thought that the reason Tim Boyle looked decent was because he had a second week in order to get a little bit more comfortable with the with the play. Um, something that 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 every quarterback, including Simeon, should have. If you're gonna put him in there, you got to give him a little bit of time to get used to the QB play and the offense before you can, you know, judge him completely. Only um, Mac Jones is not allowed to do that. There's only one Mac Jones was like, allowed to do that, right? Because Mac Jones was he was benched four times, which means that he got four chances. Yeah, but I don't has he even had two games, I don't think necessarily like in no, every stretch. But he, I don't but think he he's got had two games to, to prove that he should, himself. He got four, four chances to prove that he should start, and he lost that start this week. Um, I think that that I also I also think that that's how Zach Wilson should have been treated. I think that Zach Wilson should have been number two. I, I think agree. that Boyle should have came in second half of some games and then give Zach another chance next week and then try again and try again. Okay. But they did not. Okay, fine. Well, I think that if you're going to make Boyle the starter, you got to give him a couple of games in order to kind of really gel. I thought that he was getting, he played better this week than he played last week. And I felt like that's only going to get better or it could get better rather potentially. Um, But that's why you don't necessarily take him out in the fourth quarter, especially, especially when you're down two field goals. You're down two field goals. All you need to do is get into field goal range twice, and you win the game, essentially. Um, and I don't see how putting in a fresh QB that hasn't even seen a preseason game, you know, in that kind of a moment uh, to to win you the game makes sense. Um, but, yeah, and then the officiating, I thought, like, the officiating was absolutely horrendous. I thought that, uh, you know, having – I understand having bad calls is one thing. They had – the Jets had – at least three, potentially four, back-to-back penalties that nobody could point to where the penalty was mm-hmm. at all. And if yeah. that doesn't make you quit or want to quit, I don't know what could. You know, that- if I'm on defense, if I make an interception and 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 they say, 
uh, illegal right. hands to the face with with the with the receiver running into me and me barely even coming up to the chin. Didn't even go to the face. Hands were up in the chin, and that's both of our hands. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you push off me, and I make an interception. And you're calling, and you're calling uh, illegal hands to the face or PI or whatever it is on me. Like, how does it make you want to play? You know, when there's like a BS holding call on Garrett Wilson where he barely touched the jersey. You know, where it's just it doesn't make any sense. That's on the return, I right? I really feel like there needs to be an investigation at this point because. How can you be that bad at your job and not be held accountable for it? How can these refs not be not be fired? Or how can a team like in MMA, if I if if someone is supposed to uh, corner me or, or 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 judge my uh, my fight, I can go to the commission and be like, hey, you know, there's some bias, there's some previous history of bad calling or whatever. I want a different ref, and they'll review it and make a change. I feel like the Jets need something like that because the league should have something ridiculous. like that. It's, not it's ridiculous. I mean, it's 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 not even a hot take, I don't think, anymore at this point, because if you look at how the quality of officiating is in all sports, and not just not just the NFL, the quality of officiating of officiating, at least in the eyes of fans, and, and this is anecdotally, right? It's social media. and the commentators. And the commentators, at least on the NFL, I haven't seen it as much in, in basketball games. Um, the commentators have made these comments, and it's happened more and more with the the greater legalization of sports betting. Yes. Now, yes. I mean, co- correlation, you know what they say about correlation? Yeah, I mean, there's causation. like, you know, like, like there's no such thing as, as coincidence. Uh, and, and, and if you, and if you, if you, if you graph all of this, okay, the rise of sports betting and then the rise of, of, of penalties and, and certain questionable officiating, it just, there's no, like, I don't know how you can, I don't, I don't know how you can call coincidence on that because it's one thing for it to happen in one game. You know, it's one thing to happen in one game happening every single week, every single week, there's at least one NFL game where even the public uh, commentators and the players and the fans and everybody are just like, this is way too obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know the I mean? Chiefs was one of the worst wide receiver rooms in the league or somehow still one of the teams in hot in the playoff hunt and first in their division. Like, I'm, I'm not saying the Chiefs are a bad team, but we've seen it happen in games against the Chiefs ourselves specifically. Specifically. We've seen it with specifically the Bills. With Y'all saw it with the Bills. The Giants saw it with the Bills. So, like, there's some very specific moments where the officiating is a little suspect, we'll call it. But yeah, what about what do you think about Trevor Simeon, I guess? Quick take. Uh, I know you that, said you don't think he had enough time, but, like, based on even whatever. Yeah, so, 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 so to be completely honest, um, I don't. It's hard because because I like I need to I need to kind of approach this the same way that I approached uh, Boyle. You know, um, it's your first outing. You're gonna have the jitters. You're gonna be a little bit um, you know unsure of yourself a little bit. You know, especially when you're on the high pressure situation. You're you're being asked to win the game for the team because you're going out there down on time and down on points. Um, all that stuff has an effect on you. Uh, and on top of that, if we consider that players need to get comfortable even getting hit you know i saw a lot of fear in his eyes which is why we had some of those sacks that happened uh to to 
to to Simeon, I felt like some of those, some of his indecision came from a little bit of like subconscious fear, you know, like, oh, I'm about to get hit. What do I do? Where do I go? You know, like he had a little bit like a pitter patter feet is as what I like, I like to call it, um, where he takes a couple steps back out of the pocket, doesn't see anything, but sees pressure. And all of a sudden he's, his feet are shaking. His feet are taking a bunch of little steps. He doesn't know where to turn. And then he gets sacked or he makes a bad throw or whatever it is. You know, it's it's something that I think I've seen from Zach himself, you know, and and, and again, this is, you know, in, in part uh, due to the uh, the offensive line. Um, so it's hard for me to judge him too much because he hasn't seen enough play to to say that he's comfortable playing an NFL game this season. Uh, mm -hmm. But he did not. I don't think that he looked comfortable. And I think that for me, that's one thing that I point to with Zach is that he looks really comfortable in certain situations and really uncomfortable in a lot of other situations. Some of those situations that he looks super, super comfortable in, two-minute drill. When there's two minutes left in the game, he looks like the most confident person ever in, 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 in the history of sports. Okay, But a lot of times he looks... He looks really uncomfortable, not sure of himself, some, like kind of stutter stepping and stuff like that. Um, and I thought that that's one thing that I think I see from Boyle. He looks a lot more comfortable. Um, and, and and so, I don't know. I think that uh, it's going to take more than a quarter for me to judge Simeon, but I don't like what I see. I already think that, like, if you're going to make anything of the rest of the season, it, it needs to be either – it needs to be Boyle and Zach or Zach and Boyle um, I would still like to see Boyle start, but with Zach as support, put Zach in on a second half if the first half doesn't go well um, and go from there because you're not going to win a game in a quarter. You know, not a quarterback change isn't going to win a game in a quarter. It's just not. You know, if you feel like it's you need to make rare. a quarterback change, make it at the half. It's pretty rare. I mean, yeah, Simeon had, I think he had moments also where he really looked either incredibly comfortable in the pocket. Again, he made that really great throw down the sideline to Gibson. He had that. I think it was a third, third and ten. Uh, it was a really great scramble, or no? I think it was a, a first and ten. Actually, it was just a really great scramble to get about eight yards, and then because there was there was nothing, there was like maybe a, a Brees Hall underneath, and that was like the only play that he could make. He decided, you know what? I'm going to try this, and this is going to be a better play. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, he didn't he didn't look really really solid. I think Boyle, yeah, as as bad as he, as he looked. Uh, he has the most quote-unquote poise in the pocket at the moment um, from the small sample size, but it really hasn't led to much of a results. He has the one touchdown so far. Yeah. You know, I know that nobody else can score a touchdown on this offense. And we had, you know, two holding calls in a row at one point. And, you know, that's not going to help you get anywhere either. But, I mean, yeah, the quarterback play is not going to win any games this season. I think the season is kind of – a a wash i think there's one nice highlight out of this week that i just want to really bring up one more time uh xavier gibson looking tyreek hill like i'm not he saying did. he's tyreek hill i'm not saying he ever will be tyreek hill this is not me trying to hot take it and say that we have a superstar in the making but the way that they that you should play a player like him is in the style of like a stretch number one uh like a tyreek hill 
I will hot take it. I'm definitely going to take it. I think that that he could be uh, the next Tyreek Hill. The way that he moves, the speed that he has, the play, he can can do it on special teams. I think that he can run. You know, you can use him as a running back. You can use him as a receiver. You can use him everywhere. You know, this kid really knows how to move. He knows how to fake people out. He knows Mm -hmm. how to... To, to 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 create space um he can catch the freaking ball i mean this kid this kid is special and i think that he can be developed into someone like tyreek hill it doesn't mean that he needs to be a clone doesn't mean that he needs to be as fast as tyreek hill but mm-hmm. i know that he's a game changer because for if i guarantee you moving forward every single team that plays the jets as bad as the jets are okay i get i as a matter of fact this is the hot take Mm-hmm. Team moving forward in priority of what they need to prepare for on against uh, their the the Jets offense is going to be it's going to be Garrett Wilson, then Gibson, then Hall. I don't even think they need to prepare against Hall over Gibson. I think that they need to prioritize Gibson more than Hall because the running game has been terrible. Hall has not been able to create to 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 open up. Uh, any big plays and stuff like that. And part of that is play calling. And the other part of that is Hall not maybe, maybe not. Make, I've been saying now for the yards, Hall not making the plays. You know, it's one thing to be a really great running back, um, you know, just, just on paper and stuff like that. It's another thing to, you know, when your team needs you to make a play, can you make a play? And I don't feel like Hall has done that. And and maybe that's just the situation games. beating down on Hall. But right now, I don't. I don't see anybody that really has to worry that much about Hall. I feel like you need to worry about Gibson more than Hall. I think teams are stacking the box, and that's something that like we're just not seeing as much anymore because they know that Tim Boyle's not going to beat him and Trevor Simeon's not going to beat him. At the best, you're going to get like a one touchdown, one interception game from any of those guys. I feel like so. But you're kind of right. You're like you're you're mostly right on that one i think teams will always have to sort of prepare for Brees hall because he could break a break yeah. run, a big run anytime if you're not prepping for him right well, priority yeah, the last few weeks yeah priority number three in a sense priority number three like in the in in the game but not in the game plan if that makes any sense because you're you're Maybe. gonna you're gonna game plan for him almost number one because you know you you're gonna stop the run if you stack the box and again like Okay, Garrett Wilson's going to get his 60, 70 yards and maybe his like five, four to, four to eight catches, but he's not going to beat you. And then Gibson, right? Like, is the other guy who's maybe looking like he might emerge at something interesting, but I guess we'll see. Maybe he'll be one of the yeah. bright spots that improves week in and week out for the New York Jets. Can't I be as ugly as George say, I think we can officially say that this season is over, right? I mean, I've been saying, yeah. I've been saying, I've been asking this question for weeks. But let me ask you now, can you now officially say that the Jets season is over? Of course the season is over. I can't – the only way that anything – I mean, mathematically it's probably not over. But, like, mathematically it would probably require, like, every single team in the AFC to lose, like, in some ridiculous fashion over the next few weeks for them to even, like, sniff the playoffs. So, yeah, the season's over. I mean, mathematically, maybe no. Realistically. Absolutely, fuck yes! It's time to start looking towards next year. Yeah, I mean, All right. you know what? You know what? You know what? Walt will tell you. Walt, Walt says that the Jets always play to the level of their opponents. So you know, you do have a chance to beat the Texans. You have a chance to beat the Dolphins. You have a chance to beat the, 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 everybody. You have a chance to beat everybody. And if you win out, the next five games 
then yeah, nine and eight, you can actually make it in. I mean, but, yeah, mathematically, yeah. yeah, but we would have to beat the Dolphins again. We'd have to beat the Dolphins, right? Yeah, like we can't beat the Patriots for some reason. Yeah. It's just let's see what happens again <laughs> next week, I guess, when we talk about this. Because no, right now, technically still in it. Who still has a season? You know, who that. still has a season? Hey, I'm gonna tell you, who right. has a season. That's right. The Giants still got a season, baby. Still, even though they have the same record, you have the same record. You yeah, have, I know, but I feel like it's a little far bit more, more of a chance. It's What's funny that? because we're dealing. We're also dealing with a down like quarterback. We're dealing with two down quarterbacks. So are the Jets. You know, Zach Wilson, Aaron Rodgers are out. Daniel Jones and is out too. However, for the Giants, it does not seem like doom and gloom. I have not seen a Giants fan that feels like it's doom and gloom. Of course, we're on a two-win streak and then coming off of the bye. So the last three weeks have been really good for the Giants. But uh, even so, it just does not seem like it's been that bad of a season right now. I think the the first – I think the first uh, the first ten games of the season was really bad, um, but we don't we we I feel like we've forgotten about those uh, ten games with the uh, last three weeks. Has to get their two cents in uh, for the moment, but like yeah, y'all actually have a chance because like let's look at what happens in the last week, right? In order for all of this to work, I think you have your locks in the Eagles, the Lions, the Niners, the, uh, and the the Cowboys probably right. Those are like teams that are probably. Most likely going to get into the playoffs, but the well, you know, the Falcons won, but that's the NFC South, and nobody really gives a crap about any of them. Like their number one team's going to get in, but the Vikings lost, the Seahawks lost, the Packers are playing against the Chiefs tonight. Although that's going to be an interesting one because it's Jordan Love after a couple of really good games. Let's see how he plays today because y'all get to face him next week. Uh, get to face the Packers yeah, next yeah. week, right? Yeah. Uh, but the Rams are playing now. I think they're winning 13-10 against the Browns. So we'll see what happens there. The Bucks are playing now. They're winning 7-3 to against the uh, Buccaneers. And you all own the tiebreaker against the Bears and continue to own the Commanders. So, like, there's Yeah, we actually, own the Commanders like the Patriots own you. I wonder if there's – there was like – yeah, I mean, pretty much, yeah, like yeah. – like, Fuck it. It's the, it's the honest truth. You like just beat the shit out of them every time. It was just like the, the Patriots beat the heck out of us every single time. But like y'all are way more in the conversation. How do you like really 100% feel? Do you think that there's a chance that Tommy TD, Saquon Barkley, and Sexy Dexy can lead this Giants team to a playoff berth? And if that happens, that would be really interesting. How do you feel about this team? We'll see. We'll see how this game. I mean, the other question is too. We'll see. We'll see if Tarot actually comes back. I doubt it because I think that uh, Tommy TD has been been great um, the last couple of weeks. At least the vibe is like I said. I call him, you know, the Giants Mike White. You know, and like there's this uh, uh like 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 funny thing that's happening with uh with Tommy touchdown, Tommy TD over here um in New York. So I don't think that uh they'll they'll sit him um. You know, in favor of Tarad, if Tarad is uh, ready to play, just because he's feeling it, the fans are feeling it, the team is feeling it. So, um, so we'll see what happens. But um, I don't I know. We'll see. I think I think that we have a. I feel like we have the flip of a coin, a flip of a coin's chance to make it in. So, um, yeah. 
it's not exactly 50 50 but it feels it's like not 50/50. it's not but that's what it feels like that's it's the like thing that's like a one that's the feeling that we have still. right <laughs> i mean at the end let's look at it this way at the end of tonight you can look up what's the game t- tomorrow is i think tomorrow is the what's the monday night game that is is that the chiefs uh packers game yeah no excuse me it's bengals jaguars that's not really related to what y'all are trying mm-hmm. to do here but like at the end of tonight, actually, you can really look up because we're recording in the middle of Sunday right. evening. Right, right, right after the Jets game. At the, right after the Jets game, it's about 6 p.m. Eastern time. So at, at around 11 or so, after the Chiefs and Packers play, you can look up maybe with a newfound sense of confidence if the Packers lose, if somehow the the Buccaneers don't hold on, if somehow the Rams don't hold on. It's like something might actually be happening in New York, and it's – I'm not going to say it's the opposite of what New York expected because we kind of were hoping for both teams to make it in, but like everybody was banking on, oh, it's going to be the Jets in this position right now. Like actually, yeah, I know. Playoffs. Like, like no. saying, unkillable, like BT even says. even unkillable. later, even later in the season, right? Like people with the, the with the Jets with a slightly better record were like writing the Giants off and saying it was the Jets that could still rally back, but right does not seem to be the case. All right, well. Let's look forward real quick then again to next week. What do you all think is going to happen with uh, the Packers coming into MetLife with Jordan Love? Again, we'll see what happens after tonight. But like Jordan Love has had his best two games as a pro so far the last couple of weeks. So um, I don't think and I think we might have to change the graphic down there. Right. Um, or no. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's get to the fine. next. Yeah. So I think, the next I think one. That, uh, you know. We have not had a very, very good uh, record on primetime. So that's the only that's one of the main things that scare me. But the Packers are coming into MetLife. Um, we're coming off of a bye. We're coming off of two wins. We're coming in with with, with uh, the Tommy TD fever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the crowd's going to be super behind them. And that, I think, might spook Jordan Love a little bit. Um, uh, and And I don't know. I feel like we have a good chance of beating them. Uh, you know, our defense has been playing really well. Our defense every week has been getting better, even though there's been some hiccups here and there in the last couple of games, mm-hmm. I think, from the on, on the defensive side. But our defense is our best, best tool that we have uh, on the team on this season. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the, the defense is going to be able to win this game for us against the Packers. It'll be a little bit of a tight game, I think. So if we can keep uh, the Packers to 10 points and under – um and we can you know score a touchdown or touchdown or two and, and and a few field goals i think that we the defense wins us this game what about you and the texans uh so texans at jets holy hell that is i mean after the last couple of weeks we've got gotten beaten by desmond ritter among other things we've gotten beaten by aiden o'connell yeah, I know. We've gotten beaten by who else recently? Let me look back on on some recent memories here. I mean, man, we got we've gotten beaten even by quarterbacks who are not playing well. And oh man, looking ahead to next week against CJ Stroud, who's been one of the best quarterbacks in football. I don't know. Did they have a bye this week or did they play this week? I think they were playing earlier today, right? Yeah, they were playing earlier today. Uh, and they, they pulled it up right against the Broncos, who had just won five yeah. straight. And C.J. Stroud, 
Let's see. He had himself another. Yeah, he won. He won 22 to 17. 274 yards. CJ Stroud is a real thing. I think CJ Stroud might be the next coming of Tom Brady. I mean, he had a couple of interceptions in the last few weeks. He's had at least one. I think he's had three interceptions in his last two games, but he still has only had, I think, four or five on the season. He didn't throw an interception again today. I think think he's going to have his toughest game yet against this just defense. I think it's what we do is we make these quarterbacks – have a tough time again other than what Dak Prescott who's actually playing at an MVP level boy was I wrong on the Cowboys and and Dak Prescott um but uh, even still like the, even depending on what happens next week I think that you and I both agree it should be a Tim Boyle and uh and a Zach Wilson maybe at a number two but what the hell is he gonna even salvage I think CJ yeah Stroud, I mean I think, yeah no I I, I think I, I, yeah that's the thing I think that like this game was a uh um a a this game today was was your last chance to have like kind of this this game today you needed to win for the fans you know there wasn't anything else really to play for i think uh but the fans needed this one. <laughs> i don't know i don't know what the fans can root for in the next the last few weeks of the season to be honest yeah. with you so um it's a it's definitely it's definitely quite tough for you guys so, didn't show up um, for a that being said, I don't know that CJ Stroud is going to have that many issues yeah. because I, 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 week by week, the defense does show up, but week by week, the defense also show, looks broken. You know, I feel like the defense comes out, the Jets defense oh, will get a touchdown strong. or two. I don't think he's huh? going to, he's going to, I don't think we're going to completely embarrass him. I think he'll get a touchdown or two. Right, right. I, I think it's going to be one of his what toughest, I'm if not his toughest game as a pro. This is what I'm saying from your defense is that your defense comes out to play every single week. But they're breaking earlier in the game. I feel like your defense is is sort of, I don't want to say giving up, but I want to maybe use the words the discipline um, is getting worse. That's fighting what I, what like 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 losing motivation earlier in the game. You know, I I, I see the frustrations happening earlier on defense mm-hmm. than before. You know, um, and 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 I think that that's the reason that the defense isn't winning you, winning you the games anymore. You know the defense was winning the games before because they weren't they weren't getting frustrated they weren't uh, they weren't um, you know letting letting themselves get in their own heads so early on but now like this is like three four weeks now where coming out of the half the defense is either too tired to play or just mentally broken and and I think that with C.J. Stroud defense is going to come out strong but I think the defense is also going to be mentally broken once again so. Here's here's what I think is actually going to happen. I'm actually going to quantify it as like a 80% chance that the Jets lose this game by like one score or less and a 20% chance that the Jets play up to the level of the Texans the way that they've done against teams like the Chiefs and the Eagles and they absolutely mm-hmm. win this game and whoever the starting quarterback is throws for like three touchdowns and then the following week is an absolute mess because that's the kind of thing that would happen to the Jets. And by the way, I want to make my quick quick prediction for the Giants game. I think um Y'all are actually going to win that one. And I'm not going to call it a shootout, but I think there's going to be a lot of offense in that game. I have the feeling yeah, you're not going to okay. slow down Jordan Love. I think T- Tommy TD is going to continue to show why All he right, was let's see. Let's see. rookie of the week a couple let's of weeks see, ago. Maybe Although we I think it's going to be a tough one for him as well. Maybe maybe one of the games that's going to show that he he can make mistakes and still have some poise. I'm starting yeah, to get Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. Story. It's going to be the a, a, a battle for for – for rookie of the week, right? So yeah, it's going to be a battle again, I think. But uh, yeah, I say that's uh, that's all she wrote 
for for this one. And let's look forward to, well, almost nothing to play for for the Jets next week and something to play for for the Giants. At least there's something to root for in New York football. Damn it. In week 14, it'll be oh, something to root for. Tommy TD. Tommy, Tommy TD. Another big story. All right. Yeah. All right, man. Well, yeah, I thank you guys all say. for 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 watching uh, yeah. and and sticking with us to the end of this. Uh, yet again, another miserable retelling of uh, Jets football. Um, uh, again, please make sure that you guys like, rate, share, and subscribe, and share this uh, with yeah. uh, any and all of uh, your friends that are suffering from Jets PTSD and need a little bit of a of a support group. We can be your support group for that. Um, and of course, Tina. Never fails to need to say hello. So she say hi and say goodbye. Until next time, go Giants and go Jets. Peace out, y'all. Peace.